When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. This is the Blue White Breakdown. The premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown. Brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Johnny McGonigal. Okay, Penn State football fans, you know the drill. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Rose Bowl week for the Penn State Nittany Lions. I hope everyone had a great holiday. I'm Bob Flounders. Joined by Johnny McGonigal. We uh, hopefully, weather permitting, will be heading out to uh, California around midweek Wednesday. It is Tuesday as we do the first of a couple podcasts here, uh, the Blue White Breakdown. Johnny, uh, you look great. I know you weren't pleased with the Eagles Cowboys game, but you pretty much outplayed them with your backup quarterback. So you can't feel too bad about it. No, Bob, uh, you know, look, feel great uh, coming out of the holiday break. Uh, hope you feel the same. Yeah. You know, look, Garner Minshew, back quarterback. What are you going to do? Right. Uh, came down to the wire. Uh, but no, we're excited to get out to LA. Again, fingers crossed we're able to get there. Uh, later this week, uh, our next podcast will be in person in LA, uh, in the media hotel, I'm, I'm assuming, uh, as long as nothing gets delayed or, or anything crazy. But Penn State has landed in LA uh, ahead of the Rose Bowl. They got in the day after Christmas. Just excited to get out there, excited for this Rose Bowl. Um, a lot to talk about with this team. A couple of you know newsy developments around this team since we last met, recruiting and roster management and that kind of thing. So, uh, so yeah, looking forward to it. Utah remains a slight favorite in the game. Not that that matters. I think the two wins over USC carry a lot of weight, probably with the odds makers and where the money is. But it's essentially a toss-up game. Penn State won't have Joey Porter Jr. Uh, we know that we're not sure about the left tackle, Olu Fashanu, but at least he is coming back. Who knows if we'll see Kevon Lee, but uh, you're right. Utah's going to be without some players as well. But let's get to some of the developments uh, since we last talked. I think you and I uh, talked a little bit about signing day, not maybe not in its entirety, but where would you like to start with the Penn State news? Yeah, I guess just the one thing that it was kind of a loose end when we were uh, recording last week was. Uh, Conrad Hussey, the uh, defensive back uh, from Florida, ends up flipping his commitment uh, to Florida State. You know, and, and we had talked about how you know, he had visited Miami and Florida State uh, the previous two weekends, and you know that that was a question mark. And then it was also a question mark whether or not they would get uh, Daniel Harris, the four-star corner from Georgia, which didn't happen. And we talked about that already, but it doesn't totally reconfigure uh, their thought process or you know their approach to the transfer portal. Uh, but even James Franklin mentioned in his signing day press conference that, hey, we, you know, we have an outstanding uh, you know, a, a commitment here that we're waiting on, referring to Hussey, and that if that doesn't come in, then defensive back would be added 
potentially to the uh, transfer portal uh, wish list, which isn't necessarily long, but there is a wish list that exists. Uh, and, and James talked about that uh, last week. I don't want to say the writing was on the wall with uh, with Hussey, but I think a lot of people right around signing day were were almost expecting him maybe to to switch sides. So I think Penn State was probably prepared for that. James Franklin, it's, it's tough to catch catch him off guard anymore when it comes to uh, either recruiting or player management. He's real good about kind of kind of knowing where where he sits with players. So hopefully, you know, Penn State will strike in the transfer portal. Johnny, and usually when they do strike, players usually turn out to be to be pretty good. But um, as we look forward to this game, uh, we were at Bull Media Day, and we heard from all, both all three coordinators. And we also heard from from James Franklin and the players. Penn State, you know, you look at their schedule, and it's great that they finished November four and zero. And yes, they did win uh, at Purdue, and they w- they won at Auburn. I, I think it's up for debate whether or not they really have a full-fledged signature win. That's debatable. I think you could say Utah certainly does with a couple of wins over USC. Uh, They played at Florida really, really tough. But I think this is a game that really, I don't want to say Penn State's pointing to this a little bit more than Utah because that's not fair. Utah always plays hard. But I really do think Penn State would like to close with a little bit of a flourish here. Yeah, you mentioned Utah and kind of what they've already accomplished uh, this season, beating USC twice and winning the Pac-12 title, uh, they're kind of playing with uh, house money in a sense. And I guess Penn State is too, you know, getting the 10 into uh, not necessarily expected by everyone before this season. I think if you ask the average fan, they'd say probably eight and four, nine and three. But to be here, 10 and two and the only losses to Michigan and Ohio State, two teams that are going to be playing, you know, in essence, you know, for, for a spot in the national championship and, and for the national championship potentially against each other. Uh, you know, this is an opportunity for Penn State to come out and say, hey, we didn't just beat up on Indiana and beat up on Rutgers. You know, we, we're a team that, you know, just barely lost to Ohio State and arguably could have won that game. Michigan's a different story, but we're a top 10 team. We're a potentially top six, seven team, and we deserve to be in this Rose Bowl and in this conversation. And uh, we talked about roster management a little bit and, and, the, and the, little, the little things there. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. wasn't at media day because he's not playing. You know, in the game, he's declared for the NFL. Parker Washington was injured. and We already knew he wasn't playing, but he wasn't there. So you see a few guys not at Bowl Media Day, and you're like, okay, yeah, this Penn State team is going to be missing some guys. Uh, this Utah team is going to be missing some guys. Clark Phillips and Dalton Kincaid, two huge absences. But I do really think this is an opportunity for a lot of players on Penn State's roster to, to step up, uh, and, and namely a guy like Kaelin King, who you know maybe was a little overlooked this season by Joey Porter, uh, but you know who ranked second, I think, in the country, tied for second in the country in past breakups. And uh, so Kalen King is kind of the example of the kind of player that, you know, maybe not a household name to the casual college football fan that's going to be watching this Rose Bowl, but a player that has a real opportunity uh, to announce themselves and even look at Abdul Carter and, you know, Nick Singleton and Katron Allen. Those are more household names at this point, but still freshmen uh, that can use this big stage against a, you know, a really good Utah team, a really tough Utah team. Uh, that's going to pose a, a really difficult test for this Penn State uh, roster. Yeah, and we'll get further into the game, I think, as we get closer and, and on, our, on, our, uh, on, our, on our next podcast. But, Johnny, you look at Utah's style of play, and you look at, at kind of where they did their damage, and you, you look at the fact that, that the tight end that was just so terrific, Dalton Kincaid is not playing in this game. Where we sit, it's easy to kind of look at this, this Utah team and say, look, 
there's a really good chance they're just going to try to line up and play smash mouth football against this Penn State team and just see if indeed Penn State has made the improvements on defense that they they think that they have. Uh, They played a smash mouth team on the road, Michigan, and it did not go well for Penn State. When they played Ohio State, it was at home. And uh, they they absolutely could have won that game, but that that wasn't the same style of play. Ohio State really kind of lives and dies by the passing game. They can run the ball, but I think they've been inconsistent this year. Utah is really really good at running the ball, and the reason I bring this up is I just wanted to get your thoughts because I thought it was interesting. Manny Diaz at Bowl Media Day kind of brought it up. You know, he he pointed to the Michigan game and how you know everyone is kind of just circling that game as saying this is really what stands out nationally, I think, about Penn State and their defense. And he said, we reserve the right to improve as a defense, and we feel that we have. So I think when you look at the storylines for this game, Johnny, Penn State's defense against a rugged offense that I think Penn State kind of knows what's coming. I think this is a fantastic test for Penn State's defense, and I think this is going to be maybe the matchup that I'm going to be focusing on the most. And we're going to find out if that November to remember really was as significant as the numbers indicate, or maybe Penn State just has not played a really, really good team that could really match up with them. Yeah, stylistically, you know, you talk about the Michigan game, and then, you know, right after that, you know, they had the Minnesota uh, game, but that was one where Tanner Morgan didn't play, and so it's easy to kind of just line up in the box, you know, put nine in the box and go against Mo Ibrahim when they're, you know, on a backup quarterback. You're not going to be able to do this, uh, to Utah, I do think their passing game is affected significantly without Tom Kincaid. I mean, I, I put him as a first-team All-American, kid who had 70 catches over 800 yards. He is the guy that drove that offense and really the guy that moved the chains a whole bunch. I mean, on third and long, it was always going to him. But Cam Rising is a really good quarterback, and he was a guy that coming into the season, I, I know had some dark horse Heisman vibes about him. Uh, you know, Losing at Florida in the opener really put some cold water on that. but. Um, this is a good quarterback, is an experienced quarterback. Uh, you know, in the same ilk that Sean Clifford has a lot of experience, he can draw back on what has happened in the past. I think he's more talented than Sean Clifford, and I do think he's a he's a pretty darn good quarterback. When you have that as the, I, I don't know the, the the pillar of the offense in a sense, but at the same time you have this rugged mentality, uh, this this uh, the ability to run the ball, and it's kind of been a mentality that's been fostered and, and has been cultured. Uh, by Kyle Whittingham over the years there at Utah. I mean, this is a coach that over the last four years has won, what, 9, 10, uh, 11 games uh, pretty consistently. I mean, his record is really good at a program like Utah. It's not like you can recruit like a USC can or an Oregon can uh, necessarily there. And he's done a really good job. And I think that mentality, that that rugged mentality, that that grittiness, for lack of a better word, uh, I'm, I'm sitting here in the outskirts of Philly, Bob. I had to work in gritty uh, somehow. <laughs> uh, and uh, no, I, I think it's I think it's gonna be a really tough test uh, for this Penn State defense, a defense that I'm sure ha- has looked back on that Michigan film time and time again and has wanted to prove themselves again and say, hey, we can we can do this. We can lock up. It'll be a big test for you know, Mustafer and Jacobs and Carter and, and Jair Brown. Yeah, and kudos to the Penn State kids, the uh, the real the veterans, PJ Mustafer, Jair Brown. I I really think not only are they going to play in this game, but they want to play in this game. I think they do want to go out, you know, on the right note. I think it matters to them. I'm pre- really impressed with Mustafer because you know he he came back from a really significant knee injury, uh, second team All Big Ten again. 
did all the dirty work inside for Penn State's defense. You could you could look at him and say, hey, I don't blame him if he if he wanted to pass on the bowl game and just kind of get ready for the next uh, phase of his of his uh, football career. But he he plans on playing. I think he I think he still feels like this program matters a lot to him, and he wants he wants to see this team in position to win a game. I think that would really really be a springboard for twenty twenty three, given some of the talent that they have back. So I, that that really impresses me. But what I wanted to ask you about was. I don't know what kind of reaction you get from Penn State fans when you're out, or I don't know what they ask you about, but I still, in the last couple of weeks, uh, a common question I've gotten is, are they still going to do the same thing at the quarterback position? And I think we kind of have our answer, because uh, Mike Yersich talked about it. Uh, barring a huge surprise or some, some, some injury in practice, they're going to approach this game. The closer they get to this game, especially now that they're out in California, it's going to be a lot like a typical practice week. In other words, they're going to get Sean Clifford ready to play in this game and play all the meaningful minutes. And if there's a chance to get Drew in the game, they will. But there's no really there's no change, I think, in how they're approaching the game. And I guess my question to you, Johnny, is any surprise at all with this? And do you think they're handling it the right way? Yeah, Bob, you said that that's a question you've been getting. I mean, you know, throughout the holiday weekend, you know, uncles, cousins are asking me, hey, is Drew is Drew going to play more in this Rose Bowl? And uh, probably not. No, like the, I'm not surprised. Like this is this is one of those where it's Sean Clifford's team. You know, he's the six year senior. He's the four year starter. I still think that Penn State staff, uh, James Franklin and his guys believe that Sean gives them the best chance to win where they are right now with you know, even though Drew Aller has seen a lot of, you know, he has gotten a lot of good experience and relatively speaking a lot. It's not like he's been starting games or anything like that, but you know, the Purdue experience coming in for a drive and leading a you know field goal drive at Auburn. And you talk to, you know, I talked to a handful of his teammates at that bold media day, uh, Juice Scruggs being one of them and saying, Hey, the way that he has become more vocal, the way that he has become you know, more in command of not only knowing the offense, but knowing the guys around him and being able to communicate and work through some of those things uh, in practice, you know, you like to see that growth from Drew Aller. He's still not on the level of understanding the offense and, and everything that James Franklin has talked about, you know, with Sean Clifford and, and that kind of stuff. But, you know, I would like to see Drew Aller playing the Rose bowl. I'm sure you would, uh, you know, just to be able to see him sling it and see what he can do. Uh, I don't think barring an injury, we're going to see that. I think it's going to be the Sean Clifford show. Let him go out. It's his last game. And uh, and then, you know, get ready for 2023. Drew Aller. And uh, Bob, we're supposed to get freshmen available to us at the Rose Bowl uh, for a media session with the entire team, freshmen included. So looking forward to talking to Drew Aller and Abdul Carter and Nick Singleton and uh, Katron Allen and these freshmen, Dane Durant, guys who have you know, contributed to this 10 and two team that, you know, with Penn State's media policy, which a lot of schools have that we're not able to talk to freshmen, but looking forward to to picking Drew's brain and saying, Hey, how have you feel like you've developed uh, over this season? So uh, I'm not sure exactly when that is this upcoming week, but uh, maybe, maybe we'll have some tidbits for the podcast uh, next time we record. Yeah, let's, let's sure hope so. And let's hope that they, I, I, I mean, they have always kind of kept that philosophy for bowl games. They make the freshmen available if they can. And boy, if ever there was a year to talk to the true freshmen, it's this year, right? Because it's, it's really hard for me to remember, you know, since I've been on the beat and it's been a while, Johnny, 
uh, a freshman class quite like this one. So, yeah, I would imagine there's whoever is covering Penn State that's out at that game, they're, it's, they're just going to be hovering around Drew. But there's a lot of freshmen that uh, Abdul Carter is another guy that there are a lot of freshmen that really have had a huge impact in this season. And I think they're going to have a huge impact in the bowl game. So hopefully we'll, we will get a chance to talk to them. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Everyone's journey is different, and we are honored to guide you to the best relationship with this incredible plant. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. You know, just looking at the way they, they closed the season and the players that emerged for Penn State, you know, it was, a, I think it's safe to say it was a different team for the better by the end of the season. And a lot of the credit goes to the coaching staff for committing to playing their depth players and to playing their young players. They said they would. They made that commitment. And they, I think it was a much better, much deeper team at the end of the year. Who are one or two players, Johnny, that you think maybe made the biggest strides uh, from the start of the season? And it doesn't necessarily happen to be happen to be like an obvious candidate. Obviously, Katron Allen is a guy that everyone just thought, drew, you know, it was just really going to be Singleton's year. But boy, Katron Allen is a tremendous player as a receiver and a runner. There are one or two players that really stood out to you that, boy, you were like, you know, I thought they could be okay this year, but I didn't know they were going to be this good. I think Abdul Carter is the most obvious answer. We've touched on him a little bit, but just to continue on that, you know, I remember asking James Franklin after the Rutgers game uh, when he was all over the field. I mean, he's been all over the field every game. You know, even going back to the you know the Auburn game, uh, making plays. I mean, he, he got ejected uh, on his first play, his first hit, uh, new game, and we didn't get to see him. Uh, but then, really, ever since then, he's taken off. But uh, James Franklin said after that Rutgers game that it's not just the splash plays that he's making; it's the common plays. The he's not having any lapses in his assignments. He's getting so much better with that. And you know, that's what you want to see out of a freshman is. You want to see them make the splash play because it's it's fun and it's cool and you can cheer about it. And, you know, if you're in the Beaver Stadium stands and he makes a sack and and does his you know celebration, you want to you know have fun with that. But if you're the coach and you're there on Sunday morning and you're looking at the film and you're like, hey, Abdul didn't you know, he fit he fit this run assignment properly. You know, that doesn't show up, you know, or that's not as you know common. I think Abdul has done a really good job at that. Uh, this season, uh, another guy that I mentioned earlier, Kalen King. I think as teams started, you know, going away, really from, again from that week one game at Purdue, going away from Joey Porter and throwing elsewhere, uh, Kalen King has continued uh, to step up, and he played really well even in Joey Porter's absence when he was out for a couple games uh, with appendicitis. Um, and then one too that I, I've been impressed with was Zane. Um, I was going to say Zane Durant, and Zane Durant's one, but also uh, Drew Shelton. And I remember too at I believe it was Indiana. Yeah, we were talking to Bryce Effner. And I was actually asking him about Drew Aller. And I was like, hey, like, where have you seen him grow? And I remember this. And and he's like, starts talking about Drew Shelton. And for a second, I forgot that there's another freshman Drew that's contributing on this team. Uh, But just the detail that he went into and then talking to other people, too, within the program and the players and coaches and stuff. And Drew Shelton has left a really good impact on those guys. And when you looked ahead to 2023, and even maybe this Rose Bowl, you know, is Olu Fashion going to be able to play? If he doesn't, it's going to be Drew, Drew Shelton, a true starter or a true freshman starting in the Rose Bowl. Uh, and then, you know, his role looking ahead to 2023. So those are a few guys. And, and there's a this offense is and defense. The, the roster is littered with 
these kind of players uh, that have really stepped up and and have maybe not you know people didn't expect to have the you know the, the seasons that they had, but they did, and it's been uh it's been really a joy to watch. Uh, it's been fun to see some of these younger players develop the way they have. Yeah, I have a couple that come to mind. I'll just I just remember. Even going back to the start of the 2021 season, James Franklin at Big Ten Media Days in 2021 said, you know what? He, was, he always goes through like position by position who he really likes and who, who, who they re- the coaching staff really likes. And the tight end group came up in 2021. And I would make the argument that James put it out there that they were as good and as deep as maybe any in the Big Ten and maybe nationally. And they were just weren't ready, I think, for for that responsibility. I think they, they, you know, they didn't, they weren't necessarily showing up in the run game as blockers, a big reason why they only averaged 3.2 yards per rush. But this year, you know, you saw it right away with Brenton strange in the Purdue game with that catch and run touchdown uh, right before the end of the first half that was ended up being a huge play in the game, just a well round. He had some big blocks in the Auburn game. He was right out of the gate, Johnny. I think, I think he had kind of established them himself as Penn state's, Best tight end, but I thought I thought in the second half of the season I continued to see more and more from Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren uh, as all around tight ends. Penn State, you know, was not shy about using two and three tight end sets because of that. But they also they also came of age, I think, as weapons in the passing game because they are tough matchups and they are athletic. Those two players, I thought, down the stretch, Warren and Theo Johnson, I think, really, really kind of hit their stride. And now I would say James might be right. I mean, they might be the best tight end group in the Big Ten. You could make that argument. And they might be one of the best tight end groups nationally. And I thought kind of the uh, evolution of those two really struck me. I know they weren't playing great defenses. And I'll tell you what, another player, I, I want to give this guy some love because we didn't always see this guy, Johnny. It just seemed like whenever he was on the field, special teams or defense, he was around the ball or he was he was making plays. Dom DeLuca is a guy that you don't no one really kind of focuses on on that defense because they have so many talented players. But this was not I don't this was a walk on player. I think he's a redshirt freshman, but he can handle himself both in the special teams game, whether it's in coverage, but also when they put him in the game, they weren't shy about it. He, he made some plays. I really thought that this this guy kind of earned a role as somebody that we're going to see for the next couple of years get better and better, he's a young player, but he was another guy I thought that really, really played his butt off in the second half of the season, and I think he's earned uh, playing time on defense. Not only earned playing time, Bob, but I think that you know if, if he continues the trajectory that he's on and continues to to play well and perform well in, in the offseason and practice, we saw Barney and Moore get awarded a scholarship. We see it almost every year where you have the video of the player getting the scholarship. It's a really cool moment. Wouldn't be surprised if Dom DeLuca is that guy sometime here in the future because uh, he's stuck out to me too. Uh, you touched on the tight ends. Brenton Strange, when, when I talked to him at Bull Media Day uh, late last week, uh, you know, he was talking about, uh, or excuse, I guess it was a couple weeks ago maybe, um, time's getting, you know, with the holidays, it's getting all kind of mashed up. I hear you, man. I hear you. But when, when I talked to him and we were talking about the NFL and the decision that he has, he was saying that he, he got, you know, in terms of feedback and grades, between second and fourth round grades, which is pretty good uh, if that's the case. And so we already saw Juice Scruggs, uh, the center, announced that he'll be going to the NFL, but he's playing in the Rose Bowl. Uh, so that happened on Christmas Eve Eve, uh, the night of Christmas Eve Eve. 
And so I wouldn't be surprised if Brenton Strange uh, ends up having a similar announcement, whether that's before or after the Rose Bowl. Um, here's a guy who, you know, like you said, as a blocker improved this year. We always kind of knew what he could do in the passing game last year, had a few drops. He's cleaned that up uh, this year. And so I think as an NFL future and, uh, and, and has played well this season on the whole, but yeah, like you said, Theo Johnson and, and Tyler Warren have come on strong. We've, we've heard James Franklin a couple times this year, talk up Jerry cross, uh, the freshman tight end. Uh, they've got a couple coming in from the 2023 class as well. So that's a position that just keeps kind of churning through. Uh, and they're trying to, you know, follow in the footsteps and keep that, you know, of, of the Gesickis and the Friar Muths and kind of keep that culture in the tight end room going. Yeah, just two quick notes, maybe not huge notes. I, so I think, and I think Juice is going to be in the East West Shrine game. Is that did he say that? Um, good for him. Another player I could we could have easily mentioned as a player that's really come a long way at the, as the starting center. I thought the center position last year was actually a huge a huge problem for Penn State. I, I did they didn't get the production I think they thought you know out of the starting player. And Juice actually was a guard last year, and I think he moved over, played some center in the Outback Bowl, but he picked. He played okay in the Outback Bowl. He played better and better, I think, as the year went on this year. And then just a, a newsy note, Nick Tarburton, who has been at Penn State. He was a member of uh, Penn State's 2018 class, and he's battled some injuries. I think he was originally a linebacker. They moved him to defensive end, and he, he made some plays late last year, and he was a starter this year for them. High-energy, high-effort guy. You know, He has announced that the Rose Bowl is going to be his last game, and he is going to He's going to take his shot at the NFL. We'll wish him well, uh, Nick, as well. But uh, just two newsy notes. Johnny, I know I know we got to catch playing sooner rather than later. It won't be today. Hopefully, Johnny, both of us, in about 24 hours or maybe a little bit longer, we will be in the air headed to Los Angeles for the Rose Bowl. Knock on wood. No travel issues. We'll see. But looking forward to it. And Penn State fans, Johnny and I will have at least one more podcast for you guys once we're out there once we get situated once johnny has mastered the ins and outs of the hospitality suite he's a member he's an all-time member of the all-time uh, all-time hospitality team he knows the ins and outs he knows to use it to his advantages i'll be watching closely because i need a couple tips as well but johnny looking forward to see seeing you out in los angeles looking forward to it bob this has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. <laughs>